Hey, it's producer Michael Miracle here with a quick word of thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. It's folks like you who make this workplace movement work. That's why we strive to highlight great authors and experts who bring phenomenal insight on how to bring Jesus into your workplace. Share this podcast with your friends, family, and coworkers, and together we'll make the I Work For Him mission a success. Thanks again for listening. Let's start the podcast. Bringing freedom, the freedom. Of Jesus, that we all endure, that we endure. How about that we love and embrace each and every day that we have been given as a gift, helping you bring that freedom into your workplaces each and every day by bringing challenge and equipping on a daily basis. Thanks for tuning in to I Work For Him, the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Now, wherever you're listening to the show today, whether it's the live broadcast, the rebroadcast, or the podcast, Just know that we've prayed for you. We've prayed that something we say today will cause you to dig deeper into your faith and what you connect, what you hear on Sunday with what you do in your nine to five. And speaking of what you do in your nine to five, you know, if there's one thing that just, it just riles me up, you know, I got core values, my core values of integrity and justice rile throughout me. I mean, when I see an injustice, I... I've got to do something about it. I cannot ignore it. And today, I experienced an injustice that I want to share with my listening audience because you, the I Work For Him listening audience, needs to be aware of what's going on. Now, many of you who have been listening to the show for many years know that I am a previous used car sales guy. While Martha and I owned our insurance agency and afterwards, I sold used cars for fun. Our insurance agency and the used car dealership perfectly fit together, and I love cars. I'm absolutely fascinated by the car business. But we did it with integrity. I never sold a car that I didn't fix before I sold it, and when somebody came back with one car in 15 years that wasn't what I presented, I didn't know that it was, you know, the engine was bad, I took it back, no questions asked. Martha and I, as many of you have known, we've been doing a lot of road travel for the for the for I work for him. We've traveled across the country multiple times in the last six months, done twenty thousand miles. And our minivan, it's kaput. It's a beautiful two thousand and four Honda Odyssey with two hundred and fifty two thousand miles on it. That as long as it's not moving, it's just fine. But the whole idea when you're trying to do radio and expand the message of I work for him across the country, you need a vehicle that's not just pretty in the driveway and needs to be able to go down the road. So we're well, we are shopping for a used minivan so let's just say one of you out there owns a minivan you're trying that you'd like to get rid of a late model one with not too many miles on it and you'd like for maybe you'd like it to be the i work for him road van just email us or contact us on facebook our email address jim at iworkforhim.com or on facebook just search for i work for him let us know what you have we're looking for a honda odyssey uh, a toyota sienna or maybe a dodge grand caravan those three really fit the bill of what we're looking for Okay, now back to my story. So we're trying to buy a used car. And I don't know if you've known this, but buying used cars is a difficult thing. It's always been a difficult thing because car dealers, for some reason, think that presenting a straight-up deal is just too dangerous. You can't be straight with people. you got to be sideways. you gotta, you got to challenge people to really read between the lines. You've got to really make sure that you confuse people. My wife says, take a deep breath. I'm taking a deep breath, honey. So... We're trying to find a van, but what I've got a lot of friends still in the car business here in Florida, and they said, Jim, used cars have gotten to be extraordinarily competitive. And so a lot of times people are selling cars for what they paid for them, and they're making money after the sale price. 
For instance, just so you know, when you're looking for a used car, anytime you buy a used car from a car dealership, not private party, car dealership, they have this thing called a dealer fee. When Martha and I sold used cars, we charged $79 for a dealer fee, and that was to cover our time to transfer your title. Dealer fees today are $699 to $999. So if if the sale price is $15,900, your dealer fee, another grand. Well, this certain dealership that will go unmentioned right here in Tampa Bay, and they're not alone, also had in the fine print that this price reflects a discount for a thousand bucks for a trade-in and a thousand bucks for finance charge or for, for finance if you're going to finance. So really, the price was seventeen nine, but they're discounting it with two things: assuming you're going to buy financing from them and you're going to trade in a vehicle. But because we were not doing either of those things, the price was really seventeen nine. So instead of the price being seven fifteen nine, it was really eighteen thousand nine hundred dollars. People, operate with integrity. If you are listening to the show today and you are a car dealer, operate with integrity. Make sure your customers know exactly how you're making money. You've got a right to make money. You do. Money is how the world goes around. We need money in order to pay for positions and people and, and buildings and equipment. We need money. But be straight up about it. And operate with integrity and be proud of the fact that you're operating with integrity. And that's what I got to say about that. You know, first responders, we often take them for granted, but we all appreciate them when we need them. They often go unnoticed. The fact is we have a free society that functions well because of our amazing military and first responders. However, our first responders see and hear and experience things that scar them and cause them much mental anguish. Where do they go to get encouraged and talk through their daily struggles? Warriors don't need help. They're invincible, right? I don't think so. So in all my travels and meetings, I recently ran into Dan Middlebrook. He runs a ministry where he touches the lives of those in harm's way all day long, our first responders. Listen in today as Dan shares how this workplace isn't a simple one. And then later on, we're going to have some of those first responders call in and share how their lives have been impacted by the ministry of chaplaincy care you can find him online at r3cc.org dan middlebrook welcome to i work for him it is a great and a great joy to be there and thank you for your ministry and what you do to impact the people all the time to keep integrity before them i'll, I'll tell you what and i i minced a lot of words there i didn't say a lot of things i wanted to say <laughs> the frustration but but it's okay I, I i get it but i just want people to be straight up if there's christ followers out there listening i want to be straight up making money is okay just be straight up on how you're doing it. Don't confuse people. Uh, it just is an amazing thing. It's just disappointing because I probably would have bought that car, but not with those kind of games. All right, so yeah. Dan, as you're traveling, and, and just for, for Dan is a great guy. We really appreciate what Dan is doing. We really love what this is going on, and we had a little miscommunication, so Dan ended up at one of my studios, and I'm at the other studio. So he's traveling back to meet me face-to-face in the middle of the show. Dan, how did you come to be a Christ follower? Well, actually, that was a great thing because nine months before I was born, I was in church. <laughs> but the thing is, is I realized that uh, just because you go to church doesn't make you a Christian, just like, you know, sleeping in a garage doesn't make you a car. Of course, and again, I, I do have a spare tire, but that's beside the point. When I uh, grew up as a child, I have a loving family, and uh, by the age of eight years old, uh, we began to not only see and sense something in my life, but through vacation Bible school, which is why I'm a big proponent of ministering and taking care of our kids, that's when I came to the understanding that it was because of my sin uh, that Christ had to die on the cross. And so 
eight years old, even though a kid, you're like, well, how much sin does it? Doesn't matter how much sin you have. Uh, all it takes is one to fall short of the glory of God. And realizing that, I asked Christ to come into my heart. Started that uh, journey as a child of God, and uh, haven't looked back ever since. And God has been an incredible blesser uh, all along that way, uh, even in the direction where He was leading me. Though sometimes I wasn't really interested in being a part of it. So, what did that career path look like that led you today to chaplaincy care? Found online at r3cc.org. It, when it started, actually at age sixteen, I uh, I felt that God was leading me into the ministry. But uh, at that time, I saw what a country church could do to a pastor, and I said, you know, God, I, I'm really not interested in that. So I began to to do things my way. You ever been there before? Uh, yeah. Where you say, well, yeah. I, yeah, I've I screwed up my life many times doing things my way, Dan. <laughs> and actually, uh, I had uh, decided to go into the United States Army and to do physical therapy. I tried to rationalize with God that, you know, when I lay hands on people now, I can help them in their healing process. Uh, but really, what God began to do is allow me to do the things my way that ultimately gave me the, uh, I guess it was more of the final call. Uh, in um, 1990, uh, 1988, in Huntsville, Alabama, Redstone Arsenal, is when God says, you could either do it my way and be satisfied, or your way and never be. And mm. once God gives you an ultimatum like that, it's time to listen. The uh, funny thing is, is with all my patients, because I did therapy in the uh, Army, they asked me, are you going to be an Army chaplain? And I said, nope, I'm not going to be an Army chaplain. They can't do the things that I think God calls them to do. And God has a way of opening your eyes and breaking your heart. And right where I was in the ministry of working with soldiers, our warriors, God says, this is going to be your mission field. So I began that journey as a chaplain and have um, had incredible opportunities to minister uh, to our men and women, the sons and daughters, the moms and dads, uh, that protect our nation. In uh, February 2013, uh, God had called me to go ahead and put in my uh, uh, retirement papers to turn around lieutenant colonel and to step out into the ministry. First responders have jobs that are quite intense, you know, and many of them have days that you and I will never have in a lifetime. How do we appreciate them? How does their faith fit into what they're doing? We got Dan Middlebrooks. He is a chaplain to the first responders in our military. Dan, why don't you introduce our first guest, Susan Bradford? All right. Susan is a tremendous lady that has not only a strong faith, but she has a strong passion uh, to take care of those who are around her, especially in the uh, life of of a law enforcement person, uh, realizing that when she comes out, uh, she comes out more than just wearing a badge. She represents a shield, and that shield is a part of the armor of God. And that's Mm. what I appreciate so much about Susan. Susan Bradford, welcome to I Work For Him. Hi, thank you. Thanks for taking time to call in. I really appreciate it. Susan, talk to me about how did you find out about chaplaincy care and Dan Middlebrooks? Well, Dan um, has been serving as a chaplain at the sheriff's office, and right away I noticed that he showed a great concern for the troops, and he just made himself available and um, the Lord made the rest happen. It was, it's just been amazing. But he um, has made himself available, and um, people feel he's a safe place, a safe person to mm. speak to and share with. And, um, you know, it's, this ministry is, I really feel, going to morph. The Lord's really going to use it since there is a need out there oh. for 
you know, the hurt and everything else that uh, the need is got incredible. Daily. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so how has having access to a chaplain helped you as a first responder? Well, it's been a great encouragement having someone pray um, for you and to encourage you um, in your, you know, path, your career. And um, also, he's been, um, I'm a manager, I'm a captain at the sheriff's office, so um, it's been a tool for me in my toolbox. Um, when opportunities arise, um, I can refer him over um, to, to, you know, law enforcement when they're um, facing struggles um, or even maybe personal crisis. Um, and that has been good. He has also um, provided um, leadership training, very positive training. And I know in the future they're wanting um, to put together classes for marriages for law enforcement, mm. which is um, something well, I'm really excited about. Yeah. So as a first responder, how, how would you like us, as, as the I Work For Him audience, and we talk about all different kinds of workplaces across the country, how would you like... Us, the Christ followers listening to the show, how would you like us praying for our first responders? How would you like us praying for you? Well, I would say um, for stronger marriages, um, for protection for our families, um, so we can concentrate on the job um, that we need to do every day, and um, also, you know, that we're strong to handle what needs to be done in, in the communities we serve. Susan, last question. How important is it for you to live out your faith where you serve each and every day? Well, I, I just feel that um, the Lord put me in this position um, almost 30 years ago, and it has been my desire um, in the different areas that I've worked to point people to Christ. And um, it's just such an honor to serve the citizens um, of Hillsborough County. And I definitely couldn't do my job without the Lord giving me strength and protection like he has over the years. Mm, fantastic. Susan Bradford, thank you for your service to the community. We really appreciate you. We will be praying for you. And thanks for calling into I Work for him this afternoon. Thanks so much. God All right, Dan Middlebrooks. Why don't you introduce our next caller, Jim Wilson? Yeah, Jim has been a tremendous friend of mine. When I retired from the military, and I realized uh, you never retire from God's service, you just get reassigned. Uh, met him there in Plant City as a member of our uh, first responders in reference to fire and rescue and his background with EMS and medical, and has been just a tremendous asset, not only to Plant City, but an incredible friend and brother of the Lord and someone that knows what it means to not only take care of a physical heart, but the importance of taking care of a spiritual heart as well. Jim Wilson, welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on. Now, Sweat, we, we, want, to, we want to honor our first responders in military, and this is one way we could do it because we, we talk about different workplaces on I Work For Him all the time and how our faith impacts our work, but we know that your work impacts your faith as well. I mean, your work <laughs> stretches you. And, and so let me just ask a question. How did you find out about Dan Middlebrooks and chaplaincy care? We were very fortunate because uh, Chaplain Middlebrooks actually came into our fire department, introduced himself, and I knew right away what a powerful man of God this individual is. And as you can imagine, we have many challenges that we face day to day, and um, it was just incredible the amount of strength I felt just by having him around and being able to talk to him 
and to uh, to basically sort things out, if you will, uh, because we do end up dealing with a lot of tragedies of others, and sometimes it can leave what I actually call my scar tissue. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it kind of it kind of grew from there. It it is I your job definitely. I mean, the only I I. I can't imagine being a first responder and not being a Christ follower because the only way to heal those scars and help you make it through would be Jesus. So let me ask you this question. How has having access to a chaplain helped you as a first responder? It actually helped so immensely for me to make the realization that for years I honestly had this misnomer that I was somehow fighting against God's will if I responded to the aid of someone in need and I was trying to save their life, because it's, it's God's will. They're supposed to pass. Um, having a chaplain around has helped me kind of sort things out and to come to the realization that I am but a tool in the toolbox, and it's God's will for me to have been there and to, uh, to be able to intervene. And ultimately, if I do end up making a difference somehow, and uh, ultimately the person does survive the event, and it was all God's will, His will be done. Uh, and so the chaplain helped me enormously in sorting that out and, and coming to accept that, which naturally strengthened my relationship with the Lord uh, immensely. I find myself on my knees praying and saying thanks for the opportunities I'm afforded as a first responder, but also uh, to allow me to, to basically help others. So as a first responder, how would you like us, the I Work For Him audience, praying for you? Oh, boy, that is so humbling, and I really appreciate that, just uh, for strength and for guidance as we make important decisions that are quite literally sometimes life and death. And, and most importantly, that my relationship with the Lord continues to grow and continues to become even more stronger than it already is, um, because through Him, all things are possible, and without Him, none are. And Chaplain Middlegoats has really driven that, that message home to me as, as an individual. Last question, Jim Wilson. The, here, here it is. How important is it for you to live out your faith where you serve each and every day as a first responder? It is absolutely critical. All of the duties that I perform are founded on the principles of do unto others, the simple guiding principles of love, empathy, compassion, respect, dignity, everything that I would like to think that the Lord Jesus Christ would look down and smile upon that kind of service and say, yes, well done, that, that's exactly what you're supposed to do for your fellow human beings. And uh, so it definitely impacts uh, how I treat even the lesser of our society. They deserve to be treated with nothing but kindness, love, empathy, dignity, respect, and compassion. Hmm. And uh, all of it comes from the heart. And uh, I believe that my relationship with the Lord has definitely made me a better first responder, a better firefighter paramedic, um, a better husband, a better person. Jim Wilson, thanks for sharing those those words, being transparent and vulnerable on the air, and thanks for calling into I Work For Him this afternoon. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Dan, it's exciting to hear the heart and the passion in these first responders and to, and to see just the impact that their faith is having and your chaplaincy care is having on them, encouraging them each and every day. Hey, all we need to do is when we just simply show people how God loves us and allow God to love them through us, it is an incredible, incredible impact. And these men and women do amazing things every single day, and that's why we need to do everything we can to protect their hearts. So we've got another caller calling, but we're not going to bring, we'll bring in Larry Rogers right after the bottom of the half hour. But talk to me about how people can get a hold of you at Chaplaincy Care. How can people, you know, if there's, if there's, uh, fire departments, uh, military bases, uh, police departments, sheriff's departments listening in today, and I know we've got some listeners, and they want to bring chaplaincy care into their first responder department, whatever that may look like. How do people get a hold of Dan Middlebrooks? 
I tell you what, one of the best ways that you can do, because of modern technology, really with two ways. One is my email. It seems like everybody has email, even on their phone. But if they just simply email me at Daniel, D-A-N-I-E-L, at R as in Romeo, 3, C as in Charlie, C as in Charlie, dot O-R-G, that's Daniel at R3CC, dot O-R-G, or give me a call, 813-767-2082. The reason I get my phone out is I believe that the chaplaincy should be available 24-7. Why? Because we're wired to love God 24-7. Why not take care of people 24-7? So if they want to reach out and do that, they can also go to our website at chaplaincycare.org and be able to send me an email from that point. And anything we can do to help... uh, help protect their heart. That's exactly what we're designed to be. The workplace of the first responder in our military. It's just one of those worlds that I don't get to play in very often, so I've been working my way, networking around the country, trying to highlight workplaces we haven't touched yet, and there are thousands more we will get to touch. If you've got a workplace where you're living out your faith and you want to share your story of how Jesus is impacting your workplace through you, just email me, Jim at IWorkForHim.com, or contact us on Facebook. Just look up I Work For Him. That's I Work, the number four, him. All right, we're talking with Dan Middlebrooks. Dan it runs a ministry called Chaplaincy Care, and it's to our first responders. And you got to hear from Susan Bradford and Jim Wilson. Dan, why don't you introduce our next caller, Larry Rogers. I tell you, the great thing about Larry, Larry is a great, great friend of mine. Basically, we started out when we went to high school together, came back home, uh, when I was a pastor of Hopewell Baptist Church, phenomenal church in Plant City in that transitional period, is uh, Larry had started coming to the church, but he was not only with uh, the fire and rescue, but he's also with our security that covers so many of our kids in all of our schools. And, and Larry has a tremendous love for the Lord, but he has a love for what he does as far as making sure that people around him are taken care of because he is a servant with a servant's heart. Larry Rogers, welcome to I Work For Him. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. Hey, thanks for taking time out to call today. How did you find out about Dan Middlebrooks and Chaplaincy Care? Well, he was my pastor at Hopewell. As he said, we went we go all the way back to um, high school band together. I uh, lost contact with him through his years in the military and was excited to see him come back to our hometown and was able to get, get reconnected with him. Yeah, you know, most guys that know each other in high school, you know, you, you look a little different later on in life when you're maybe past 40, but, you know, Dan's sitting here, he's buff, he's still got pipes all over him, and he's got hair and everything like that. Did you Were you able to maintain all that for yourself? Oh, yeah, but he, he had a head full of dark hair when we were in high school. <laughs> if you look at him now, he... We, we, everybody says he resembles Mike Pence. The vice president. Oh, absolutely. You could easily be a double, Dan, for, for Mike That's Pence. Right. No question. All right. So let me just ask you this question, Larry Rogers. How has having access to a chaplain helped you as a first responder? i tell you, it, it is awesome. Through my previous career in fire rescue, I was involved a lot in training, training new firefighters, new recruits, and even in my position now, handling emergency management needs. Uh, at, at our, our school level for uh, over 200,000 students and, and staff members at our schools. Um, one thing that, that really isn't approached to these responders and such are preparations for things that you're going to see that you're going to encounter. Um, and to prepare the mind, prepare the heart. It could be everything from a work schedule that, that yeah, you're going to you know miss your son's football game for work. You're going to miss your daughter's birthday party you're going to work on your anniversary um all these things that that play into it and a lot of times it's it's hard for some of these folks to you know keep home at home work at work the things they they face daily on the street i can remember a a rookie firefighter way back years ago 
that his first five shifts on the job that he worked, that we ran fatality calls um, for for every shift. And, and I remember him coming back and then me being a supervisor and him saying, you know, I really don't know um, if that, that I can handle this. If, if this is what this job is going to entail, I, you know, I signed on to, you know, fight fire and, and, and respond to calls, but to go out and face fatalities every day. And I, you know, I had to sit down and try to explain to him, it's not the norm, really, that we go out and we face these things every shift. You just hit a certain little streak. But He must have awesome, started at spring break or something like that. Yeah, I mean, how awesome it would be to, to be able to to, to be able to engage a, a chaplain in that because a lot of times the, these, these responders are kind of hesitant to go to a supervisor. They don't want to appear like, you know, they're weak or this is troubling them. Don't want to give that image to a supervisor where a chaplain can step in and really assist. So let me ask this question. You know, how would you like the I work for him audience praying for you as a first responder? Mainly just remember that these men and women that put on the uniform, they're, they're human beings. They have, you know, spouses at home, children at home, you know, loved ones at home, maybe even still live at home with their parents. And the things that they face and they deal with, um, a, lot of times, a lot of times it's hard to leave work at work. And these things do play on the hearts and, and affects the marriage and relationships and such. And the chaplain is just a, a perfect, in a perfect position to, to step in and assist. All right, so let me just ask you this last question, Larry Rogers. How important is it for you to live out your faith every day where you work and where you serve? Very important, and, and just that, you know, the, the people that around me that, that I work with know that, you know, they can, they can come to me with these issues without fear of, you know, as, as going to a supervisor that, that, you know, makes them feel like maybe they're incapable of doing the job. It has nothing to do with that. It's just that the the heart and the mind needs some comfort, and mm-hmm. who better to provide that comfort than our Lord Jesus Christ? Amen. Amen. Larry Rogers, thanks for taking time to call into I Work for him today. Thanks for serving each one of us here in this community. Thank you, Larry, for calling today. Thank you, and God bless. Dan, the stories we've heard from Susan and Jim and Larry, and, and we're going to hear from Bruce after the after the break. I'm sure those stories can be multiplied thousands of times over. That they are. Matter of fact, the thing is in reference to the stories that we have, and, and really, uh, stories are the very ink in our life that allows us to be able to put into paper that which God has done within our lives. And we can either share it or we can keep it secret. And these stories are, are multiplied as people know that the only way that they can engage in a fullness of, of resiliency, of a relationship, of, uh, of understanding how God has wired us, is we've got to go to the one who wired us. And that helps us to be able to face what's ever in front of us. He's the shepherd that has the eyes that see over the hill and around the curves. We just need to walk in his wake. You know, we've done other shows highlighting different chaplaincy ministries, marketplace chaplains, mm-hmm. corporate chaplains. Uh, I think chaplaincy care, dealing with first responders, slightly different. It's that workplace a is a little bit different. <laughs> what do you see as the most unique needs that you serve in serving first responders? Well, think about it in this way. When you are walking in your your sitting around like a fire, you know, when many times, like we for uh, first of the new year and so we have a big bonfire. When you walk away from that, you carry away from that sometimes the heat of the fire, but most importantly, you carry away the smoke on your clothes. Absolutely. Think about it in this well, way. Usually when, for me, it's a little burn marks on my clothes too, because yeah, I got a little, little too close. I, well, I was playing in the fire is usually what it was. Yeah. yeah. To, for me, it's usually like marshmallows because I usually get hit by them. But 
we walk away with that smoke. Now, think about it this way. When a, a first responder, law enforcement, fire and rescue, security, whatever it is, when they engage in something traumatic, they now come away with a smoke on the soul. And it helps for someone to be able to come alongside of them saying, I, I smell smoke. Did you just go through this? To have someone who identifies what they're going through, what they have gone through, and it's not there to fix them as it is to walk with them, lead them into a direction that's going to help in the process of healing, and then also be able to be a part of that that uh, that camaraderie, a fellowship of those that realize you do know what I'm talking about. Now let's just walk together so we can heal together. You, when you were in the service, and you didn't at first, you 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 said you wanted to be a physical therapist. Yes. I think is what you said. Yeah. But uh, did you did you serve in any of the active wars? Yeah, you've been in them for oh, a long yeah. time. So you were in Desert Storm. You were. In, you, I imagine you spent some time in Iraq and Afghanistan right. too. Matter of okay. fact, with our uh, deployment to uh, to Iraq back in 2008 and 2009, I was the uh, 10th Combat uh, Support Hospital Chaplain. I was the command chaplain for the medical units there in Baghdad. Most people know it as the Baghdad ER. Um, for that year or so, we saw nothing but death and destruction come through our our, uh, our hallways. And a lot of our men and women and others and our civilians. And I had to work a lot with our, our medical personnel to help them uh, not get to a saturation point. That saturation point is when you start getting filled up and then you get fed up and you need to be able to start talking through and processing that and, and making sure that you're not taking anything with you. All the death and the destruction that I saw uh, at the end of every single day, I laid him at the feet of the father so I could rest. That's what helped me to not be able to t- carry a lot of this back with me. Uh, but it also taught me a very important principle. What you hold on to is either going to help you or it's going to hurt you. It's either going to be a tombstone or it's going to be a stepping stone. The choice is up to us. Hmm. And what we do with our first responders, our, our military, as well as our law enforcement, fire and rescue, is teaching them that all it takes to make a tombstone a stepping stone is just to push forward. It hmm. steps down, and God allows it to become a pathway that doesn't define who we are. It just simply creates the direction of where we need to go. Hmm. Well, you got a great radio voice. I love that. Okay. I, and I love that that idea to take a tombstone and make it a stepping stone and you just push it over. And, and so often, you, not all your clients, not all the people that you're doing chaplaincy care to, which people can find out more about Dan Middlebrooks online at chaplaincycare.org. If you want to get chaplaincy care into your first responder department, you can also just call them 813-767-2082. And if you're listening to this show from somewhere else in the country, you have first responders there as well. Just call Dan, and you guys can network, and he can give you an idea on how to reproduce what he's doing here in Tampa Bay all over the country. I'm sure you can do that. 813-767-2082. Not all your clients are Christ followers, right? Not all the people that you're doing chaplain's gear to know Jesus, right? No, not at all. Matter of fact, in my infantry, when I came into the 101st back in 1997, I realized when I stepped into those areas, there's not a whole lot of them uh, as far as in the area of, of Christians. You, you're either a Christian or you're a strong heathen. There was no in-between. Uh, and so with that, it, that it makes it, it easier. Was, At least you know people well, stand. Exactly. Matter of fact, it's funny because I would always tell my uh, my heathens, I'd always tell my guys that don't, you know, aren't religious stuff. I'm like, hey, watch the Christians. If they're not doing right, you get all over them. And what I told the Christians were, okay, they're watching you. Let them see the Lord in you. And in that process, it's, it's not about necessarily meeting a person's <laughs> that faith. Awesome. <laughs> well, it's, ladies it and gentlemen, if you just heard, you say you got to say that again. You got to say that again. Because this is what everybody should do in every workplace. If a manager is a Christ follower and they get people underneath them that are Christ followers, and as you call them, heathens, people that are pre-Christians, what you laid out was fantastic. <laughs> well, it's, it's all about accountability. The world actually just wants to see, do we believe 
what we say we believe. They want to say, is it real? Yeah. Is your Jesus real? Exactly. And if he's real, then everything about you should be different. Yeah. And the thing is, is being a, a chaplain, especially in the military, with my infantries, my scouts, my, you know, the, these are men that are trained to protect our nation. They're trained to kill. And mm-hmm. so these are hard men. These are hard women. But the process is, it's not about the hardness of the head as it is the tenderness of the heart. And when they begin to see that they are valued and they are loved, not beat up with the Bible, but loved by the God of the Bible, they begin to break across that that crust that encases their heart and their heart becomes new. It's been phenomenal, that experience. Have you seen that breaking? Have you seen a hardened heart, hardened mind, military or first responder that is just really broken inside. Have you seen them go through and receive the healing that Christ has? Oh, absolutely. Matter of fact, we don't have time, but let me bring one that I had with me at uh, when we were deployed to Sinai, Egypt. But this is a ministry that can be reproduced across the country. Absolutely. And that's something I, oh, whenever I'm highlighting something, just know that if you're listening in one of the other cities that this, on iHeartRadio, it's everywhere in the world. Know that chaplaincy care for first responders is a critical ministry, and our first responders, they're living out their faith in the workplace. It's a, They've got a battlefield. All right, before the break, you were, you were trying to take us to Sinai, Egypt, but I interrupted you. That's all right. Actually, when we were in Sinai, Egypt, my infantry unit that was with me with the 101st, one gentleman that was there uh, came to know the Lord in a tremendous way. Not only did he break that crust of a hard heart and become tender before the Lord, had a great opportunity to be able to take him to uh, to Israel uh, during one of the Holy Land trips that the chief of chaplains sponsored, was able to baptize him in the Jordan River. And then last year when I had come home, he was reconnecting with me. He was here in Lakeland, Florida, got a hold of me because he found and saw my name in uh, one of the newspapers, contacted me, was able to meet him and his wife. He said, we've never really had a wedding. Would you do our wedding. Would you renew Neat. our wedding? So to be able to come full circle and to see a man uh, that started out with an infantry by himself, not only with a family, but now with the power of the Lord, those are the things that allow you to be able to see God is good. And if we just allow God to be good in us, how much greater will he become? Let me ask you a tough question. I didn't, I didn't tell you I was going to ask you. you know, I've got a very good friend who's a first responder here in Tampa Bay. And as I was really helping him walk towards Jesus and eventually surrender his life to Christ. One of the biggest, and he was an infantry, he, mm-hmm. he was an army guy, served two tours, uh, also a first responder here. So he, he's seen a lot of death, destruction, the yeah. rough stuff. His biggest thing he struggled with was that word, that S word, surrender. Mm-hmm. That, that was something he had never been taught. He didn't even understand what it looked like. How do you lead a first responder to Christ because surrender is at the forefront of what we need to do when they've taught never surrender? Well, one of the things that we look at in reference to the military and first responders, that's why I like the paramilitary organizations, is because they understand authority. They understand chain of command. And when you talk about submission, submission is not being weak-willed or wishy-washy or acquiescing. You know what submission is in its pure form is simply saying, I adhere to the authority that is over me. When a uh, soldier salutes an officer and says, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, I'm heading that way. When a first responder responds to their majors or lieutenants, whatever it is, it is under authority. When we submit to that authority, we're now under something that allows us to be able to grow not only in who we need to do, but to become the best that we possibly can. What greater authority can we be submissive under than the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, the greatest leader we could ever have, because he already knows who we are. And he also wants to develop to who we need to become. 
Hmm. And, and he uses that adversity in our lives to take us oh, from who absolutely. we are to who we, who we can use more effectively. All right. So I, I want to ask this question. So Chaplaincy Care, which people can find out more online at chaplaincycare.org. You've, uh, you're only one guy. I mean, so you can't possibly be servicing all of the first responders here in Tampa Bay. Are you developing a network of chaplains that are first responder ready? Absolutely. Or- One of the things that we're looking at doing as a part of the the platform for Chaplains of Care is not about just ministering to the needs of those, but it's in multiplicity of how we're able to do that. And we have a training platform that we're developing in reference to training future chaplains. It, just because a person is a pastor doesn't mean that they're already set to be a chaplain in an organization, especially in first responders. It's just like someone saying, I, I've surrendered the call to the ministry. Uh, I'm going to go to Indonesia and I'm going to minister. Well, you, you've got to learn the culture. You've got to mm. learn the people. You've got to learn what to do and what not to do. That is the training part that we do to develop chaplains for the first responders. There's a multitude of of chaplaincy out there, but this one is a unique culture, just like the military. It's a culture within a culture, and we've got to make sure that we're able to not only effectively be used in it, we've got to respect it as well. Uh, And it is so unique. First responders see and hear and experience things that most of us don't want to. Exactly. And, And even though we subject ourselves to seeing them on television... (laughs) <laughs> uh, but when you really look at it, the, I mean, TV is not real, except if you're watching those real shows. But it's the stuff that they're exposed to. I mean, it, they, they almost need a, if they could just have a power hose for their brain at the end of every day to clean up. But there's not. Yeah. The only power hose is the Holy Spirit Amen. To, to soften that stuff. So is your workplace, the chaplaincy to our first responders, which, you know, how many first responders are there here in Tampa Bay? Um, <laughs> at that point, I would just simply say, there are thousands. I mean, you, when you look at the, just the, uh, the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office, you're looking at over 5,000 that are part of that organization. That's just one in the midst of a multitude so of there's, It's safe to say probably in the Tampa Bay area, 50 to 100,000 first responders. Absolutely. I, I mean, and then, of course, in our military, how many in our military, how many military personnel do we have today in the United States? you have well, any idea? Uh, probably about four to 500,000, probably even more so. Think about it this way. It's 0.1% out of the entire population. That is our military. Hmm. All right. So is your workplace in need of more workers? Always. Matter of fact, for those that may be interested in becoming a chaplain in reference to law enforcement or working with our first responders, have them contact me because we're developing a training and we want to make sure that they're trained effectively so that they can be used tremendously. Because there's a lot of those guys that ret- guys and ladies and men that, re- you know, they retire because their bodies are worn out. I mean, they've, they've been through battle, and they're, and they're maybe retired in their early 50s. Well, my thing is, you remember, well, you never retire. Oh, you just, just, you just, just a second, Dan, just a second. <laughs> but yet, because what I was getting ready to say, it's like I have my wife right here on the radio. What I was getting ready to say, honey, I know you're thinking this, <laughs> that retirement's not biblical. These guys are looking right. for their second half. Right. And because of their experiences, and because of their love of Jesus, and because of their walk with Christ, they're... Uh, could be a perfect fit Absolutely. for chaplaincy to first responders. Absolutely. Matter of fact, one of the things that's going to happen, and I've already talked with Susan about it, she's she's looking at retirement. Actually, she's looking at reassignment. Right. And then later the on, second she's, actually, half. she's going into Get her the, ha- the, the copy the, of halftime. Absolutely. Okay. She's actually going into the chaplaincy training for disaster relief from uh, Billy mm. Graham's association. Wow. And to be a, an asset for me to be able to be a part of chaplaincy care is huge. And there are many that we would like to invite to be a part of it. So, I mean, it really is... It, it, does somebody have to be a former first responder or military personnel to be a chaplain, to work with chaplain care? No, the, but the reason I, I usually lean more toward that is because you understand not just the lingo, you understand the body language. 
And to be able to identify that just helps that. It, it helps you in the learning curve. Anyone that loves the Lord can minister in the Lord's name. It doesn't really matter right. because God, God qualifies us where we are. But when we reach out for those who are in like-mindedness, I really want those who may have that background. Either they've served at it, God has called them to minister to them, and so we can work effectively to make sure that they're taken care of. So, so if people are listening today, if some of our I Work For Him listeners, whether they're listening live today or in the future on a rebroadcast or a podcast, and they're, they already have a bent towards first responding or the military, they've, they've got that experience. They understand not only the, ling- the lingo, but the language and the body the body communications right. I mean, what, what, what was the word you used the body, well, the body, body language, language. Yeah. they understand the language the lingo and the body language they can talk to you about maybe what maybe their second half could be Absolutely. chaplaincy do you know that there are men uh, men and women uh, even in the history of sheriff's office like bruce crumpler uh, that has a biblical degree they have a, a master's of uh, divinity the master's of theological studies and they're a part of our law enforcement they're already there and we're going to be able to utilize that in a tremendous way. So people can get a hold of you on chaplaincycare.org. They got to, you got to contact us on that page? Absolutely. Okay. Or they can call you 813-767-2082. Anywhere in the country, you want to talk to Dr. Dan Middlebrooks about chaplaincy care to first responders. Find out how he's doing it so you can reproduce it where you are at. 813-767-2082. Hey, I promised our first responders that called in today that we pray for them. So let's pray for them now. All right. Father, I just thank you for uh, those that have called in today. And there were specific prayer requests. Uh, Susan asked us to pray for strength in marriages. As these first responders see things and experience things that impact everything they do during the day and when they go home at night to their families and their marriages. Lord, we ask that you protect those marriages. And we ask that you would give them strength and guidance that they have to make decisions that involve life and death each and every day. Just give them your peace and your overwhelming wisdom that you have. And, and, and Lord, we just ask that you, I can't read my writing about what the last guy said, but Lord, we just, each one of these guys and these ladies experience incredible intensity in their job each and every day. Protect them and give them the opportunity to share the hope they have in Jesus while at the same time they're executing with excellence each and every day. May they be a light to those around them in a very dark world. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I forgot what the last guy, I can't read my writing about what Larry said. That's really terrible. I can't read my writing. Dan, it's exciting to share this because this workplace is a unique workplace. First responders see and experience things, yet their faith impacts what they do each and every day. Exactly. Matter of fact, what we do is always on display. And we're either going to reflect the light of the Lord or we're going to reflect the darkness that can be within. That's the problem sometimes that first responders have. They're surrounded by darkness. God's called us to be a light. It's time to shine bright. Dan, thanks for bringing Chaplaincy Care on I Work For Him today. Thank you, my brother. Check out Chaplaincy Care online at chaplaincycare.org, chaplaincycare.org. Talk to Dr. Dan Middlebrooks about how you can be a first responder chaplain. They are in desperate need for many, many more. All right, you've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Let's remind ourselves that our mission is simple and our calling is unique. It's no mistake that you and I work where you do and with whom that you work. We need to remind ourselves daily of our mission. I work for him.